Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord and to worship together this morning. As Pastor Cheesley was giving that exhortation, I said to him, he should have just called the altar call. We should just come and repent for thinking that we can outgive God. No one can outgive God. Amen. That's amazing. It's just a great reminder. Friends, this morning I was so touched by worship. And there's this verse that we sang that just uh, stuck with me and it relates to what we will be talking about today. It says, you gave your life to love, so will I. You gave, Jesus gave his life to love, to love us, to redeem us from the life of sin. So we also can do the same. And as we get ready for the Passover moment, the Easter that is coming soon, we do well to take time and think about what he did for us on the cross. Amen. Amen. So before we go into the Word today, I have a few pictures I want to show you. Uh, about this church community. I mean, we're saying so much about community this morning. We are a community on mission. Our mission is to honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. We are a community on mission. We don't just gather to make ourselves happy, to rejoice and celebrate the goodness of God, but there's a mission that God has called us to, and that mission is to honor Him, is to make disciples and to transform the, the nations. That mission is to be so obsessed with the preaching of the gospel. That mission is to make sure that people get to know Christ. I was blown away hearing testimonies of youth. Let me see how many youth were at the camp last week. Those who were at the camp, I heard it was an amazing camp. Okay, now we're going to clap well after I tell you this. There were five young people who gave their lives to Jesus at that camp. And one of them, I hope he's here, is my nephew. And as he was coming from the camp, he's here. Kay, Kay, glad you're here, brother. Glad you're here. I want to use his words. He said, he said, he said, he said, Malume Papi. That's how they call me. That's Uncle Papi. Don't ever call me Papi. Uncle Sai, it's fine. Uncle Sai. Only Roger knows that name. <laughs> he knows me from when I was still skinny. He says, Malume Papi, I felt something here. He said, I felt something. I couldn't explain it when I came and gave my life to Christ. I was really so touched by that. And I'm just realizing my sister is here also. That's the mother to Kay. Welcome, Deborah. Let me just expose you for a little bit. Um, It's good to have family with us uh, here. But I want to just show you what we do in this church. As Every Nation Rosebank, we're passionate about young people, but we're also passionate to take uh, young people to the mission field, to the mission. So the last three days, Kids Church, they had a mission to three places. Immaculata, that's day one. You can see the Immaculata. It's a shelter up the road as you go up to Rosebank. It's right next door to the Rosebank police station. It is ran by uh, the Catholic Church there. We have partnered with Amaculata for many years financially, but also the guys who come to our church who are homeless, they get to stay at Immaculata. So the young people, 
got to share the gospel and pray with his people and serve because it's school holidays. And day two, they were in Fredrop saving there. Day three, they were in Bramfontein saving there. So we are obsessed about the mission of knowing Christ and making him known. Just in these three days, yesterday we had our grow courses, and as you can see there, this was a bridge building course that Quentin ran, where people come and talk about how we can be a people of reconciliation in South Africa. First reconciled to God, and then reconciled to one another. And one of my highlights was uh, on my left here, it is uh, our uh, child dedication, pre-child dedication class, uh, pre-dedication class. There, we get to teach parents on how to raise their children in a godly way. My highlight was there were more dads than we ever had before at the pre-dedication class. I mean, I looked around the room. There were so many dads there, and I'm like, remember that fathers matter in the lives of young people. We need to have fathers in the lives of the young people. That's the next campaign that Hotlines is working on. It's fathers matter. And... Um, on the, on the right, uh, we have our financial stewardship course. Luvuyo was teaching there. Kath Hechter, uh, our financial director, was also teaching there. So these are some of the courses that we run to help people become all that God has called them to be. So as a church community, we are obsessed with the mission of making Christ known. At the same time, while Grow Course was happening, we had Tiam on the parking floor, on the parking lot, teaching. You can see, like Jesus, modern-day Jesus, under the tree, teaching about Holy Spirit baptism. And about six guys were baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Those guys, I believe, we're going to see their lives change and transform, and they're going to go out and transform nations. And then... Uh, Right uh, after the grow courses, we had Charlie. Uh, he is currently discipling all our car guards. So they don't just serve on Sunday. They serve in the morning. Most of them, they do evening service. But on Saturday, they get discipled. And there's been such great testimonies. You had some of the testimonies of what has happened uh, with the car guards. You know, their lives being transformed. So blessed to see what God is doing. Amen. This is why we are part of community. So that's why we're going to be talking today about the art of neighboring. We are in week three. We are part of a community that is on mission, that wants to impact the neighborhood. We want to impact the community where God has placed us. We want to make a difference in this community. So today we'll be talking about the art of declaration, which means go and tell. Go and tell. My heart for this morning is that we can see a, a, the urgency and have a sense of urgency to preach the gospel. I'm sure you've been hearing me say we are obsessed with the mission. You know, as I'm studying masters now, we've just finished studying uh, uh, the history of missional movements or church history, and I see how many churches started well, how many movements started well, and along the way, they lost the passion to reach the lost. We don't want to do that. We don't want to lose the passion to reach the lost. We want, if we were to be moved out of here, community will say, where are those people that used to make a difference in the lives of the homeless, in the lives of the car guards, in the lives of the people on the streets of Joburg. Where are those people who used to make an impact with the young people that are here today? 
I want us not to lose the fact that we've been given a mission to make him known. That's what we live for. That is why we are here. That's the primary reason why we gather. We gather so we can be sent out to go and tell. Just to give you why it's, there's such an urgency to the preaching of the gospel, let me ask a few questions. How much do we love and care about a broken and dying world? I'm going to give you some case studies to, to show you how our world is literally dying. How much do we care about a broken and a dying world? How different will the world be if we go and tell? How different will the world be if we are passionate about this mission to go and tell? And I want to give you this statement. Please hold this statement for the rest of the sermon this morning because we're going to conclude with it. Jesus takes our brokenness and turns it into our mission. Jesus takes our brokenness and turns it into a mission. You'll be amazed to see that whatever you thought was brokenness in your life, Jesus can turn it around and use it to heal this dying world. When you read Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. This scripture reminds me that when we see darkness in the world, we should not be surprised. The Bible says that, behold, darkness shall cover the earth, but thick darkness will cover the people. So when we read the news or when we watch the news and we see so much darkness in our world, we should not be surprised because the Bible said a time is coming where darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness will cover the people. That's the times that we're living in now, sadly. But I've got good news for you. The Bible says, but the Lord will arise upon you. The Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. As children of God, it's time for us to rise. We need to rise. We need to go and tell of his goodness. We need to go and tell this dying world of his goodness. So these are some of the case studies, and I'm glad that young people are here today. They will uh, see these case studies in a I'll come back to the slide now. Most of you will recognize these faces. Ricky Rick committed suicide a few weeks ago. A very famous musician. He leaves behind his wife and two children. Beautiful family. Hippo Pansula, some of you will know him. Very successful musician. Committed suicide suffering with depression, not knowing where to go, took his life. The sad thing for me is five years ago, he attempted suicide five times. Avicii, a Swedish musician, songwriter, and producer, if you go and read how much he struggled with alcohol and with depression, mental health, he also took his life. In the eyes of the world, these are people who are meant to be successful. 
These are people who are meant to be making it out there. These are influencers. But they lacked something. That one thing is Jesus Christ. The only place to find hope is Jesus Christ. Look at this. This is the state of our world. When the Bible says darkness covers the earth and thick darkness covers the people, we see a lot of demonic oppression, especially on our young people. We see young people resorting to spiritual mediums. I was surprised to hear that it has become cool to become a sangoma. Like young people, basically, because celebrities are becoming sangomas, I can also become a sangoma. It's a new in thing now. Little do they know what they're getting themselves into. Many people wrestling with mental health, and that's something that I want us to speak about this morning. Why we go and tell, it is because of the ills of society. High rates of suicide, after I just mentioned. Let me give you some stats on this. And then we'll go to the main text that I want us to study today. I went and read um, South African Depression and Anxiety Group. They say that pre-COVID, they would get over 600 calls a day of people wanting to commit suicide. September 2021, they would get 2,200 calls a day, 2,200 calls a day of people wanting to commit suicide. They say on average there's 23 recorded deaths on suicide daily, 23. And I speak as one who lost a cousin to suicide. This week I spoke to someone who attempted suicide and by God's grace they're still alive because someone called them and prayed with them on the day that they were about to commit suicide. We need community. We need community. So let's read Mark uh, chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 20. How Jesus healed a demon-possessed man. And this man, not only was he demon-possessed, he also had a mental health challenges. And I'm not necessarily connecting the two because mental health challenges doesn't necessarily mean that you are demon possessed. So please hear me right. Those are two separate things. Can I hear amen to that? I don't want you to live here and you say, Pastor Sai said, okay? Two separate things. This person that we're going to read about, he happened to have had, was demon possessed, but he also struggled mentally, but it doesn't mean that those two are always connected. I want to state it categorically. So let's read the Bible. Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to 4. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, 
What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I adore you, I adore you by God. Do not torment me. For he was saying, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, these are the demons. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned in the sea. The headsmen fled and told it to the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. Verse 15. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man and the one who had legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind. Important words there. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. Imagine that. And he was getting into the boat. The man, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. The Lord blessed the reading of his word. So friends, from the scripture that we have read, the context of it is Jesus is moving from one place to another and he's preaching the gospel. He's clear on his mission, what God had called him to be and to do. And what I want to bring your attention to in the scripture that we've read is there will be times when we have allowed, we've opened the door for demonic oppression and that demonic oppression can push us away from community. I want you to be aware, not to blame everything on demons, but there are times when we open the door and we allow the enemy to influence us and to move us away from community. I mean, look at this. In verse 3 says, he lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. They tried to keep him bound in shackles, but he had almost supernatural power. He would break that because of the demonic activity that was taking place in his life. It is so interesting that when you read this, uh, later on it says that uh, Jesus sent him back home and to his friends, meaning that he used to have community before. And I'm surprised when I read this that it says that he chose to live in the graveyards. So I want to pause here for a little bit. I don't know if any of you had this culture of visiting the graveyards on Sunday Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, you don't have to raise your hands. Uh, maybe it's just me that my dad would drag me at 5 a.m. to go to the graveyard on Easter Sunday. Thank God he got saved and we didn't have to go to the graveyard every Easter Sunday. But what people will do, they go to the grave and they will speak to dead bones and put requests to the dead bones. 
And then I was pondering on the scripture and I thought to myself, how many people today end up hanging around the graveside because they perceive church community not to be a safe space? They perceive it's not true because some people have perceived, I like how Quentin put it when he preached uh, two weeks ago, that people have got many reasons why they don't come to church anymore. They have reasons why they don't come. But one of the reasons is people perceive church community not to be a safe space. And I want us to change that narrative. Church community should be a place where you can be received and accepted for who you are. You don't have to change who you are to come in. The Bible says, come as you are. And it is Jesus who will bring change to your life. It is said, when you read here, it says he was always crying out and cutting himself with stone. We know that there are people who are struggling today with this very thing of cutting themselves. And I'm here to say to you that Jesus still heals today. Jesus still heals today. Some of the symptoms of living out of community or, or the consequences or the, the after effect, the results of being out of community. Like this man, when you read it in Luke 8, the Bible says he had no clothes. He was naked. He had no covering. When you live out of community, you are actually vulnerable to the influence of the devil. You are vulnerable to be taken out by the devil, by the enemy. He had no community. He, the Bible says he did not live in a house for a very long time. He was isolated, living among the dead, living in the tombs. I'm sure you've heard about this analogy that when you make fire with coal and you take one of the coals out of the fire, what happens to that coal? It dies. It will never burn brighter. It dies. It loses fire. Only Quentin will burn brighter. You will die. Think about a branch in a tree. If you cut a branch in a tree and you leave it outside, what's going to happen to that branch? It's going to die. If you live in isolation, you are going to die. So before we go and tell, we need to be restored into community. He had seizures. Many a times the demonic brought him down. He was kept in bondage, under guard and bounds with chains and shackles. He cried out loud, cutting himself. The goal of demons is to destroy the person created in the image of God. The demons are there just to take you out of community so that they can destroy you. Remember what the Bible says, the devil comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give us life and life more abundantly. Night and day he was tormented, but here comes hope now. When you read verse 6, the Bible says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell before Jesus. He ran and fell before Jesus because the solution is in Jesus Christ. The solution is only in Jesus Christ. Hope is found in Jesus. This week as I was praying, I felt the Lord says he wants his church to be an oasis of hope. That when people who are hopeless come in, they will find hope in Jesus Christ. So I don't know what you may be facing right now. I don't know what you may be going through right now. But I want to tell you that in Jesus, there is hope.
In Jesus, there is hope. This man, when he came running to Jesus, he knew that his life will never be the same again by coming to Jesus. Verse 7 says, And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Even demons knows who Jesus is. He says, I adjure you solemnly and earnestly, basically requesting solemnly, by God, do not torment me. What he was used to is people will torment me. Demons will torment him. People will actually put him in shackles and keep him bounded. But Jesus would not do the same. Jesus comes to set us free, not to keep us in bondage. For he was saying to him, come out. What I, what I like about this portion of scripture is when Jesus commanded the demons to come out, they did not come out the first time. If you go and read it, I think some of us, we think you just declare and then they go, yes, we don't build a theology like other people of speaking to demons. In fact, the scripture is very clear that you should not be speaking to demons. We should just declare, go in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't go into some negotiation. They might not go the first time. You keep praying, but you don't go into negotiation with demons. Amen? And finally, the demons beg not to be sent out of the country. I mean, I can do a teaching on this. There's a territorial spirits. Why would demons say, I don't want to live here. It's my comfort zone. It's my comfortable place. I don't want to leave Joburg. There's money here. <laughs> There's gold here. There's good things here. People are busy. I, I'm happy here in Joburg. Don't take me out of Joburg. Poor pigs that were just hanging around there. They said, please send us to the pigs. And then the pigs fell into the ocean and then they died. And maybe some of you are asking the question, okay, what happened to the demons? Just so you know, if you read end times, if you read eschatology, there's a place called Abyss, which is the bottomless pit, where people who do not know the Lord, when they die, their souls are kept there until judgment day. The souls of believers are kept in the ark of God until judgment day. So that's where the demons go, into abyss, until judgment day. So once a person dies, then also the demonic. Once the pig died, the demonic also went into abyss. Let's come to what I believe will be a takeaway for us for today. I want to tell you, based on research, what community will do and what Jesus did to restore this man to community. Because he'd been isolated, he'd been tormented, he'd been out of community. Before Jesus brought him into community, this is what community will do for you. This is what they say out of research. Healing happens in community. When you are in community, there's emotional stability. That's why it's good to be in a connect group. When you are in community, self-confidence grows. When you are in community, you have better communication skills. I don't know how many of you have realized that coming out of lockdown, it's become very difficult to socialize. We almost have to learn again how to socialize. But in community, your communication skills will grow. Improved sense of trust when you choose to trust people and be vulnerable with people. Reduced anxiety and depression when you are in community. I can give you more details on this study. Longevity and quality of life when you're in community. There's actually a study uh, Pastor Rogers mentioned before. Uh, what's the name of the city in the States? It's, uh, Boston. it's somewhere in Boston that... Harvard. Harvard 
Okay, it's a Harvard study that when people are in community, they live longer. When people are in community, actually, they don't die as soon as quick as other people do. Look at how Jesus restored this man into community. Verse 15, the Bible says, And they came to Jesus and saw a demon-possessed man sitting there, clothed. He's now clothed. He's no longer naked. And he's in his right mind. And they were afraid. They shouldn't be afraid. They should be saying, wow, look at what Jesus has done. He's restored this man. He's now clothed. He's now covered. And he is in his right mind. The man was clothed, dignity restored. He's in his right mind, healed from mental illness. And he was also healed from demonic oppression. That's what Jesus wants to do for us. The man who was healed begged Jesus that he might be with him and travel with him. But Jesus had a different plan. After restoring him to community, he says, go and tell. Jesus turned a demonic, possessed outcast into an evangelist. This man who was an outcast, Jesus restores him into community. And then he sends him out and he says, go and tell your friends, your household, what Jesus has done for you. The mercy of God that you've experienced. Now, this is where I come to the crux of the sermon today. Jesus took his brokenness and used his brokenness as his new mission. Jesus took his brokenness and said, now this is your mission. Go and tell people that the very same thing that they saw you as an outcast, a misfit that kept you out of community, you are now going to tell them of the goodness of God. Let's bring it close to home. You know, I have been praying a lot about this, and I have seen how I, God has turned my personal brokenness into mission. I mean, some of you probably know my story of growing up in Pochestrum and growing up in Pochestrum, which is the birthplace of apartheid, if you didn't know. I worked as a gardener because my parents could not afford to pay everything for school. And working as a gardener from town, I would walk all the way to the township and walking. Sometimes people would throw me with empty Coke cans and calling me words that I would not want to mention on the stage. And that created a resentment towards Caucasian people. That created a resentment towards white people because of the treatment I had when I was young. There was a brokenness in me. There was a hatred in me. Some things that I got involved with, I will not be able to share here. But I just want to show you how God will turn things around and use our brokenness for our mission. So basically, if you follow my line of what happened when I was young, the resentment, the hatred, I shouldn't be having friends as white people. I shouldn't be having friends and people that are dear to me that I would fight for as white people. But the story continues. It was uh, sometime early uh, 2000s. I was now born again, transformed, loved Jesus I was in his people being discipled. We went through racial reconciliation seminars and God worked in my heart and I learned to forgive. I learned to embrace. A few years later, Pastor Willem Nell, who used to be part of AWB, invited me to come and preach at his church in Pochestrum. The Every Nation Church in Pochestrum. He invites me to come and preach right there where I used to work as a gardener. 
But I want to show you how God has a sense of humor. The church is in the same street where I worked as a gardener. Same street. Same street, literally. It's Molenstraat. You can see the Afrikaans is still there, right? Zale is still there. Yesterday, I checked it on Google Maps. It's still there. Thankfully, by God's grace, the church bought another property. They've moved. So I don't have to relieve this moment every time I go to Porch. But it was when I was driving to Porch, I said to Lindy, we were already married. We didn't have children yet. I said to my wife, baby, let me go alone. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. And I want to spend time with the Lord on the road just so he can deal with me some more. When I got to the church, when I got to preach, I just started sobbing. I just started sobbing that why would God take a gardener who was oppressed and abused to come back and preach the gospel to the same people? God will take your brokenness and turn it into your mission. Let's stand to pray. So I want us to take a moment of silence. And Paul, if you can just play a song for us. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you maybe there's still some brokenness in your life and uh, you've been struggling to see what God wants to do with that brokenness. Oh, thank you, KB. <laughs> May the Lord show you that brokenness and it goes us, it takes us to this slide that Will we care? Will we love and care for the broken and dying world the same way that Jesus loved and cared for us? When we start to understand that brokenness that we have and how God wants to exchange it for a mission, we will go and tell because of the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you a minute just to reflect and listen to the Holy Spirit showing you Maybe it's not just one area of your life. It could be a couple of areas of your lives where there's brokenness. But I believe that God will turn your brokenness into a mission.
Father, we all have some level of brokenness in our lives. As you show us areas of our lives that you want to restore through community and bring healing through community, I believe, Father, that God, we will go and tell of the goodness of the Lord because we will not be where we are today if it was not for the goodness of the Lord. If it was not for salvation power and the grace that we experience through the cross. Daddy God, I pray this morning that God, as we take on this week, Father God, we will reflect some more of areas of brokenness in our lives that you want to turn into a mission. We're not going to allow the enemy to keep us isolated, to keep us out of community because of brokenness. But we're going to allow ourselves to engage in community, to be in connect group, to be in family, to be in fellowship. So when we are restored, we will regain strength. And God, we will continue with this mission of making you known. Father God, we want to know you and make you known. I pray that we will also make you known to our neighbors, those around us, our colleagues. Just tell them of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God the glory.